Hey, Tim. Hey, how's it going, dude? Not too shabby. Uh, so today we're going to talk about Mad Max, Maxime Bernier and the People's Party of Canada. Mm. Um, so, you know, I don't know that much about him. I was kind of in, in the same boat as a lot of people. He seems to be more interesting than some of the other conservative leader candidates. Um, you know, supply chain and ending that was was the thing that got him attention. And and it seemed he was libertarian. That's what the, uh, you know, the hubbub was about. Um, and Ooh. there was talks of the Libertarian Party potentially merging with the People's Party. You offered him the leadership if he was interested. But you're you're disappointed. And he's, he seems to be another politician like the rest of them. So why don't you tell me a bit about uh, you know, the background from your end and, and why he's uh, just yeah. just another pragmatist. Well, yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. He's he's a pragmatist, right? You know, what, what we had all hoped for in Maxime and the reason why I'd been courting him for uh, close to close to two years ever since he lost. Well, first of all, we started courting Maxime even before he ran for leader of, of the Conservative Party of Canada. You know, we um, he, he quoted Mises, Rothbard, Hayek regularly. Uh, and so he was very we could tell that he was acquainted with the Austrian School of Economics, which is actually probably a subject we should touch on one day. But uh, most libertarians are subscribed to the Austrian School of Economics or like we just call it economics. One day, I think it'll just be called economics. <laughs> uh, just, but, but Bernier seems to subscribe to this. He's written articles critical of central banking and different things like that. Um, so he certainly seemed to be one of us, and uh, at least with regards to economic issues. Um, and you know, he he didn't have a great track record for voting in Parliament. Like he was certainly no Ron Paul in Parliament. He just towed the party line. Yeah. You know, he voted to bomb Libya. He he voted for privacy invasion of the C fifty one. He um, you know he didn't come out against Harper's bailouts. He you know it just down the the line of all these terrible kind of conservative policies. He. He voted for. He didn't have the courage to stand on principle or anything like that. But yeah. you can be forgiven for that, right? So, if you're in this pragmatic mindset where you need to be part of the establishment in order to change the establishment, where you need to get votes, where you need to stay in caucus, well, in the Canadian system, you need to toe the party line. It's a little different in the states. You don't get kicked out of caucus. You don't lose your party membership or anything like that um, by standing up and and being abrasive and uh like yeah. like ron paul was uh so that's how ron paul could stand up in congress and blast the democrats and republicans alike without uh, you know getting in trouble yeah um can't really do that in canada but so you could forgive max for that but we wanted max to see if max would be interested in running for leadership of the conservative party Canada. we invited him out to calgary me and some of my campaign team from uh, the 2015 election. And because when Harper resigned, we saw a real opportunity. You know, if the conservatives could get a, a libertarian uh, or at least a libertarian leaning leader, yeah. that would be a win for us. I mean, you know, our philosophy, our our strategy at the Libertarian Party is um, we we operate under the assumption that government is downstream from culture. And this is how we've always operated. 
and that it's that's that chasing votes isn't as important as promoting ideas because pr- the the ideas are what build create culture right mm-hmm. and so uh, if we could get a libertarian leader that would be that would be a win for us at the end of the day we want everyone every other party to have libertarian leaders and adopt libertarian policies and if we could do that then then we'll have won even yeah. without ever having uh, achieved winning a seat or something like that right yeah. so so we brought him to Calgary convinced him that there'd be lots of support for him out west and introduced him to a bunch of people and set up some speaking events and and uh, and shortly after that trip uh, he announced that he was running for leader of the CPC I don't know if we tipped him over or if he had been thinking about it but uh, you know we, we definitely wanted to draft Max and I had these visions of standing on that debate stage beside Max on the national on national TV and making him look like a moderate with my uh, <laughs> radical rad, radical or my insistence on principle right yeah uh, you know the way Elizabeth May might make Justin Trudeau look like a moderate on yeah. his wealth redistribution policies and, and climate change policies right yeah. So, you know, we see the Overton window shift towards more and more statism. I wanted to shift it towards more and more liberty by being that radical guy pulling the Overton window the other direction. And mm. and uh, Max would have benefited from it if he had had uh, any kind of radical uh, policies or platform, right? And and you want a guy like me beside you if you're trying to cut a little bit of government because I'm going to say cut it all, baby, yeah. cut it all, right? <laughs> and so he's going to look like the reasonable uh, centrist. Anyways, that was yeah. kind of the fantasy playing in my head. <laughs> and, you know, and then, of course, Maxine lost. Um, and, you know, I've talked to a few insiders who say that he was, he was actually robbed, um, that mm. uh, the conservatives conservative insiders uh stuffed ballot boxes and the, we <laughs> i mean i don't i don't know if you want to get into how he lost but let's just say um sheer was was going to win uh they, they weren't going to let maxime win that election they, they needed yeah. uh, a relatively impotent placeholder uh because you know the the, the people behind the conservative party uh, like harper and his gang, they know if you read any of Harper's books that the political politics is cyclical, right? Conservatives hold power for eight years, liberals hold power for eight years, goes back and forth. This is why Harper didn't try all that hard in the last election. He knew the conservatives' time were up, that the tide was receding, and it was gonna be liberals for the next eight years. So the the leader of the party um, for the next, to Trudeau terms doesn't really matter. He just needs to be an impotent placeholder. That's a useful, um, a useful puppet, shall we say? Yeah. And Sheer fit, Sheer fits the bill on that. Totally. He's, <laughs> he's been Harper's right hand man, you know. So Harper retains power, uh, I believe, in the Conservative Party of Canada. And you know what? Now here's here's a wild conspiracy theory. Um, now that that the Liberals are losing the game, right? Like it's. <sighs> 
the conservatives look like they're going to win. And it's not because of any competence on the conservatives part. They can literally post any suite of policies or platform ideas right now. And, um, and they could, and they could win. Right. Um, well, that wasn't part of the plan. I mean, Trudeau <laughs> was supposed to hold power. Uh, for yeah. the next, you know, he's supposed to win the next election, right? And and so we can't have Andy Scheer as prime minister. That that wouldn't be good for the conservative movement. I think um, Harper understands this, and I suspect that um, he, we'll see if this comes out. This is kind of a wild conspiracy theory on my part, but this is, I suspect... Uh, Andrew Shear will be taken down by a scandal. I think he will be revealed not to be the family man everyone thinks he is. Uh, <laughs> I think it'll come out that he has a mistress that he's been seeing for a while <laughs> on the side. And I think that information that is uh, widely known in inside conservative circles will be uh, released um, uh, if it looks like the conservatives are going to win. And we might see Harper swoop in and save the day and be our next prime minister. Uh, wild conspiracy theory. Yeah. Anyways, but I, so it's kind of a sidetrack. Yeah, that's a sidetrack. So in terms of Max lost <laughs> to Andrew Shear, whether it was ballots, uh, you know, uh, stuffing the ballot boxes or, you know, there was the cabal of, uh, you know, milk farmers who, uh, you know, were situated all around the country and, and, and wanted to stop him. Um, it, it did seem like it was stolen from him, whether or not it was literally stolen from him. That was the feel. And so right. he felt kind of affronted. He, um, you know, he then tried to play nice, wanted to publish a book about his thoughts and then got stopped by the party. Yep. Um, and, and then eventually he decided, you know what? Screw these guys. I'm I'm principled. I'm going to make my own party. That was his belief, it seemed. Um, so he started the People's Party of Canada, which is a communist name, but he's... Oh, <laughs> it's, my God. But uh, it's a bad name, first of all, and it's a communist-sounding name. But there is now the People's Party of Canada. You know, there's concerns about vote splitting on the right and all this other stuff. But let's now get into, you know, there was a thought at one point, maybe you'd even merge with them. But so now let's get into actually what's gone on with Maxime since he... He theoretically stood on principle and left the Conservative Party. Yeah, so he is. Uh, well, we're we're to begin here. So so yes, there were talks of a merger. Uh, in fact, we, we were on the verge of a merger. Um, Did you actually it, have the vote? You were going to have a vote of the party membership. We, we we were going to have a vote. Yeah, and the way we got to that, you know, when he when he decided to form his own party instead of taking my uh, constant invitation to take over my spot as leader of the Libertarian Party, which I thought would have been a bold and great move and it would have elevated the liberty movement, right? It would have yeah. made Max more libertarian and it would have raised the profile of, of our ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he I was disappointed when he went his own way and when he called his party the People's Party. Jesus Christ, the People's Party? Are you kidding me? What, uh, anyways, yeah, um, you know, he's obviously pandering to populace, right? The, the, those yeah. tweets that came out in August that that were designed to they they were designed to force conservative party leadership's hand, right? And and deal with them, and so he he could have tweeted out taxation is theft, and 
the income tax is immoral. He could have tweeted out, end all foreign intervention. He could have tweeted out, it's time to end the drug war and, and at least decriminalize all drugs. But instead, he said, uh, he said we need to end the cult of, of diversity or multiculturalism or something like that, right? So obviously, his dissenting tweets, his tweets that broke away from the party line, uh, had to were, were pandering towards populists who see immigrants as a bigger threat than government, right? Yeah, and that was, and so I was kind of disappointed in that. I was like <laughs> hoping for some libertarian signal in there. Um, and then when he started the People's Party of Canada, obviously the name People's Party, you know, he's he's kind of speaking to that populist idea, we the people, or something like that, right? I. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't like it. Mob mentality is anti-libertarian. But yeah. uh, anyways, so so, you know, I called him and congratulated him and, and I, you know, said, you know, I was disappointed. But, you know, he the conversation was was friendly and, and uh, he said, you know, uh, I can definitely use you. I think you're doing great work and and you sticking to your principles is going to help help me out in the end with the people's party. Right. So we kind of parted our ways, um, amicably and, and then, um, and then a third party, actually Derek Fildebrandt here in Alberta had the idea that we should, we should actually merge. Um, and you know, he said, I, I thought about it and kicked it around with my executive and some of the board and, you know, we thought, okay, well, if, if we merge that will actually elevate, um, Liberty, uh, if the, if it's a party that's attached to principles, like his his platform is fairly milk toast when it comes to libertarian platforms, and there's some stuff in it that isn't very libertarian at all. Uh, but we thought that if if that platform was attached at least to a statement of principles and a party constitution, then it's it would be a libertarian platform, right? You can mm. be for to, it, it could be an incremental step towards liberty if it were attached to principles but unless you have those principles that sounds pragmatic right you don't know well it's it's uh it's not pragmatic because it's sticking to principles right like the the platform has to abide within the principles and less government tomorrow than we have today is a good principle right and and in fact that's even better than a principle like that you know even if we reach a, a stateless society, let's say an anarcho-capitalist society, still not going to be good enough for libertarians in my mind, because we want less coercive force uh, tomorrow than we have today. And there's always room to improve. There's no such thing as an endpoint when it comes to liberty. So mm-hmm. less government. To, so, and so to me, I'm a directionalist. Uh, you yeah. know, I if we whatever we can get is good, but they have to be attached to these principles that that mm-hmm. are inviolable if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, sense. Yeah. And so the, and the benefit to Max here, the reason he was sold on it is because he, it was going to take him six to eight months or, or maybe more to get a registered party where he could actually start issuing tax receipts. So his fundraising was being hampered by the fact that he couldn't issue tax receipts. Cause in Canada, if you, if you donate um, $400 uh, you know, it only costs you, I think a hundred dollars at the end of the day, you'll get $300 back from the government uh, in form of tax uh, tax credits or something like that. Right. Yeah. So, so it's quite lucrative to donate, you know, so it's, 
it's easy for political parties to donate let's or, or to donate to political parties let's put it that way yeah. uh but max wasn't you know so so that was the benefit to max if we could make this happen he could start fundraising in earnest and really get going so he was interested in making it happen so merger talks started happening you know they were very interested in how our party was structured was it how was it incorporated you know that was the first question out of their mouth was it a for-profit was it a charity was it not-for-profit they were really interested in the corporate structure um eventually it got down to in order for me to sell it to party membership and to get the votes i needed i was i would need a super majority of votes like seven eighths uh, vote seven eighths of the vote basically and um and that was going to mean i was going to need a statement of principles and some sort of constitution for max uh, and he promised to get it to me the next week now i went on radio in the meantime because the press had caught wind that a merger talks were in the works and i said things like i wasn't a big fan of the name of the people's party canada but you know as long as it's principled i can get I can get behind the name. Uh, and I also made some noise about maybe wanting to challenge Max for leadership of the party. And it's not that I wanted to lead the party and it's not that I thought I'd even have anywhere near a chance of winning. It's the fact that I wanted to hold Max's feet to the fire on his sins against liberty. I wanted to give him an opportunity to atone for it. I think I thought that was going to be important for our members to see him challenged and to see how he was going to respond to that challenge. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I thought it would be a good way to m ensure the party was off in on, heading in the right direction, right, towards liberty. And, mm -hmm. and that would have been a way of doing it. So, so I made some noises about that. And, and then the leadership deal just fizzled. Like, I didn't get any return calls. Yeah. Max wouldn't return my call. So it, it was over. And so that was pretty, um, pretty devastating to me because we had lost by that time a bunch of party members to the PPC some key people. And so I, I was licking my wounds for a little while, not knowing what to do or what to make of this. I felt betrayed. Um, mm. and, and it was a rough time. And, you know, what, what we're seeing now is, you know, th this has always been a, been a criticism of mine of Max. It's that I, I think that underneath everything, he's, he's a libertarian. I, I, I've met him. He rejects the label libertarian. He, he basically, but he doesn't deny it either, right? And yeah. so maybe I'm just projecting onto him my hopes and dreams. I think that's <laughs> what people. I think that's why politicians try to avoid labels and and try to avoid uh, they really want strong many people policies. to project their exactly. Beliefs. They want yeah. And so I probably I certainly fell for that. And I was really yeah. hoping I could pass the, the torch to someone else because you know I've been doing this for a while now. I sacrificed <laughs> my career. I sacrificed my pension. I basically started my career all over again, and I'm working. You know, I'm sentenced myself to work till I'm dead because I ran for prime minister, right? And and yeah. you know, I kind of feel like I've I've sacrificed enough, and and it's time to turn. To, you know, I'd love Max to have picked it up. I mean, he's he's getting paid by the government, and he's he's got a secure M pension. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got you know he's got nothing to lose. I got a lot to lose, <laughs> uh, and I've already I've already lost a lot, right? Yeah. So and and I was happy to do it. I think, but but you know, I'm just ready to hand things over so yeah. i was hoping that there was some relief so that that was another part of why it deflated me it's like oh man I'm i was stuck. really hoping i could i could step back into the shadows um and you know that's and, not a very inspirational kind of, message for the voters of the next election it's not no it's not i mean 
you know, but then again, at the end of the day, I thought about it. And I'm like, what, what kind of guy do you want to vote for? Do you want a guy that's really ambitious and really wants that prime minister spot? Or do you want a guy who's, who doesn't really want to be leader of this country and maybe sees winning an election as, as an admission of failure that he's done his job as a cultural change agent or something, well, they, right? Yeah, they say that the best rulers are those who don't want it, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing, I guess. So so maybe I ought to, you know, give it a, the old college try. And you know what? I, I made an ob- a commitment to the party and to the people that, that wanted to see me as leader. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to honor that commitment. Uh, but, you know, the reality is I can't take nine months off work and ca- I don't have another pension to cash in. And so, you know, the, the party doesn't have the leader that it deserves right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's me or someone else, you know, I really think that a full-time leader would be great for the party. And I can't give that to the party this time around. I have to focus on putting food on my table and that sort of thing uh, first this time. Right. So, yeah. uh, so anyways, but, but, you know, my big criticism of Max has always been that he's got this naive idea that, that you can operate within the establishment and make change that you can, um, that what's necessary is getting votes. And I just don't see how that's possible. I've, I've seen that happen again and again. Right. And we saw this with say the libertarian party in the States in the last election, you know, Gary Johnson, um, was, and Bill Weld were on the ticket and they were consummate diplomats and statesmen. And, and they, they were, very moderate, right? Like they, the, the, it turned off a lot of libertarians because they weren't as hardcore as they would have liked them to be. Um, mm. And so I was interested to see, okay, would this actually work, right? And and I don't think it did, right? They they tried to be pragmatic. You know, they they did got, get decent amount of votes. They got like five percent of the votes, but um, I, I'm not sure how much liberty they actually promoted um by running right and and to me that's the key metric of success is are there more libertarians tomorrow than there are today because of what you did and i'm not Not sure just more votes for the libertarian right right and maybe there were and maybe there weren't but i wasn't you know i was i wasn't that impressed i was hoping that they would field someone more ron polish as their front um and And so so, yeah what's that like with max and and his party um you know, why is it, what, what has he done since that, that makes it, you know, certain he's not a man of principle or it makes it evident he's not a man of principle? Right. Well, I think there's a few things to look at. Now, there, there are a bunch of, there's a bunch of bad press that the PP's getting, or that the PPC is getting that I think is unfair, um, you know, from, from uh, disgruntled ex-party members who are uh, kind of slamming it and, and that sort of thing. I mean, being treated poorly as a volunteer because your regional coordinator or regional organizer is is an a-hole is kind of part of uh, political any political party. Like there, there's not much you can do about that as leader when you're running fast and you you got to rely on volunteers for leadership positions and stuff. Something yeah. sometimes you get bad eggs, but I think what's really telling is that the people that were close to Max, that were his personal friends, that were like Maxime Bernier loyalists, that that gave him their sword. You know, guys like Clinton DeVoe, Adam Richardson, uh, Ethan Erklesian. There's about six or seven 
people that really helped build that party that are all gone now, right? Um, Clinton DeVoe quit his career to because he believed in Max and went to work for Max full time. And I mean, you know, guys like Clinton and, and Adam Richardson, they spent 16 hour days for many months building up electoral district associations across the country and really getting Max on the board and doing a lot of organizing. And these are hardcore libertarians. These are guys that believed in Max because he's a libertarian, right? That's why they were doing what they were doing. And I think it's telling that these guys are no longer with the party and they're very quiet mm. about it. They don't talk about it probably because there's non-disclosure agreements in place and because these guys are professionals, but there, there's something happened there where, yeah. you know, either they were let go or they were became disillusioned because they saw the direction the party's going either way. Mm. It's not good for the party. Now we see Max surrounded by pragmatists, right? Like his, his new executive director uh, is this lady who has has been slagged, I think, again, unfairly in, in some right wing media as being a, a globalist shill because she has ties to Soros and the Tides Foundation. Um, and, you know, I, I think the reality is she she's a pragmatic political operative. Right. I mean, and, and you don't you're not a pragmatist unless you're you're working with or at least being friendly to corrupt people uh, because that's just what the establishment is made of. Like in order yeah. to get into the establishment, you have to be corrupt. And look, I even faced these temptations and I was probably corrupted to some degree and, and didn't have, have pristine integrity a lot of times because you're faced with these temptations to say popular things when you're on stage. Right. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes you, you withhold your authentic self. Sometimes you might outright lie or, or twist the truth a little bit in order to tell the crowd what they want to hear. And I think the best politicians probably even lie to themselves. They, they figure out which direction the parades go and get in front of it and then convince themselves that they believe that all along. Yeah. Right? And those are probably the people that are best. And, and so these people, they, they do whatever is necessary to achieve their goal of getting more votes and to getting power. I mean, that's the political game conventionally done is to get power, to get votes. And mm. you have to do whatever it takes to get those votes, right? And so if, if your goal is to get votes rather than advance principle, it makes sense that the principled people have been pushed out or have left the party and that you're now replacing them with these pragmatists who, uh, who, who are used to uh, maybe sacrificing principles or sac and, and trying to get get those votes. Uh, you know, we have a, an anti oil sands activist that's that's in the party. Like, that, there's just all these people that are, and and you see the young people, right, and the people that that are assuming leadership roles in the party. They're talking about um, you know things like land tax and and maybe not abolishing capital gains like Maxime wants. They're they're trying to persuade Max to to slow his role, right? To to do things to and say things that will get him elected. And and these might even be principled people or libertarians at heart, but they're adopting this naive strategy of pragmatism. Of mm -hmm. you know, we can't say we're libertarians. We kind of have to pretend we're statists um, if we want to get votes. And I, I just think that's a that that's a, a naive strategy. And you know, then then you see things like okay, he just got this uh, star candidate in 
in uh, Manitoba. I can't remember the guy's name. Stephen Fletcher. And Stephen Fletcher, let me just see if I can pull up the notes. So Stephen Fletcher has bragged about securing millions or billions of dollars in subsidies for green infrastructure. Uh, he wants to use Ottawa uh, to, to use the, the National Energy Board to, to force provinces like Alberta to buy hydroelectricity from the Manitoba government, uh, in part to kill the fossil fuel industry. Um, he supports the dynamic policy duo of state-assisted suicide and a priori state ownership of your organs, or as, as the media calls it, opt-out organ donation. You know, yeah. and... and he recently introduced the bill into the Manitoba legislature to reserve a certain number of seats for indigenous people. Uh, now, all of these things, <laughs> these go, are not libertarian values. Well, they're, they're not. And they go against, you know, they go against Bernier's stated a lot of what Bernier has stated. He's like, he doesn't want race based law in Canada. Right. That's one of the things he's been saying. And so how is he then bringing yeah. on a candidate who wants race based law or <laughs> seats in Canada, right? Yeah. And so, so, but the reason is because he's high stature, in, at least in Manitoba, and he, and he can probably get the PPC a respectable, respectable number of votes. So if you want votes, you bring in Stephen Fletcher. If you want to promote yeah. principle, there are probably other principled people that he could have chosen, right? But so, but so it seems all these things- like a very short-term mindset, like he's trying to win the next election. Right. Like I just created a party. I better get as many votes as possible right now. That seems silly to me. Well, yeah. And but but I mean, that's that I guess it, it does seem silly. And but I mean, listen, he's been a politician for years. He he comes from a political pedigree like his dad was was an MLA or an MP or something like that. And so, you know, he's been he, he's been indoctrinated into this idea that the best strategy is is to get votes. Um, and, and people are buying into it. You know, another thing that troubled me is I heard from Adam Richardson that he was he was tasked with coming up with a cannabis policy, right? Or or he took it upon himself and Party HQ basically said, "Yeah, go ahead, create a cannabis policy, present it to us." And he vetted it by a lot of people, people like Mark Emery, the Prince of Pot. Uh, it was a very reasonable policy that basically uh, cut cut down supply management of cannabis in Canada. Right. And they the party just flat out refused to adopt it and, and bring. It. So why is Maxime against promoting abolishing supply management when it comes to cannabis? Well, it's probably because he doesn't want to lose votes. Right. And so he's yeah. withholding information, even though he'd probably be behind it. He, he's withholding that information. And so, you know, to, from my perspective, they're they're kind of morphing into the into the very thing they mocked. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing that I think is, is crazy is what, what happens if Max gets in a plane crash tomorrow? Does the party continue on? Like who is, there's no mechanism for someone else to become leader. There's no party bylaws, no constitution. When they don't even have, they don't even seem to have principles they're based on. So they would even have a direction of who the next leader should be. Well, no. And, and I mean, it's just a Maxime Bernier corporation. You can look up the articles of incorporation. There's three. Uh, three executive director, three owners of the corporation, Maxime Bernier, Martine Mass, and I think Max's lawyer is the other guy. Th those are the three people that own it. And and yeah. so there, in no sense do any of the people that are giving up all sorts of time, sacrificing their time and energy 
working for the People's Party of Canada, volunteering their time, in no sense do they own any part of that party. Like if Maxine died or, or went away, the party would be done. And yeah. so if he loses the next election or is embarrassed or something like that, I mean, pragmatists fade out into, into darkness when things <laughs> don't go their way, right? Yeah. Uh, they feel like failures. I mean, I see this all the time in the Libertarian Party. We get candidates that run for us and are very enthused about the ideas. They can't see how people won't vote for them because their idea, our ideas are just the best. And obviously <laughs> so, if you just think about it for a second. And then when they only get 1% or 2% of the vote, they're, they're just shattered, right? And they, yeah. they fade off into the blackness never to be seen again. And, you know, big part of my job is to convince people that they're doing God's work, regardless of <laughs> the fact that they, they only get one or 2%. They stood on that stage and they shifted culture, the cultural needle, even if just a little bit, um, yeah. you know, they're not going to get votes because, because voters, and here's, this is the tragedy of, of it all, right? Like we already have a pragmatic party for con conservatives to vote for. And, and that is the Conservative Party of Canada. We already have a principled party, if you really want to throw in behind principle. That's the Libertarian Party. So that calls into question, what the hell is the point of the PPC? Like, if you're going to put up Libertarian numbers, you might as well have Libertarian principles. And, yeah. and, and because they're not going to attract the pragmatic vote. Because the pragma pragmatic voter uh, is, is not interested in ideas. They're interested in opposing their enemy their ideological yeah. enemy, right? Or they're the, if the I'm people, a pragmatic the conservative, I want the liberals to lose. Not you just want Trudeau out by whatever yeah. means necessary. And you'll vote. You have no problem voting for the lesser evil. If it means getting Trudeau out. Right. Well, and that and, was exactly what happened in the last election. It was like, you could look up like sh based on my writing, should I vote for liberals or NDP to have a better chance of Harper right. losing the seat? Ah, uh, yeah. So it was very much pragmatism. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the other thing pragmatism does adopting the strategy is it kind of paints you into a corner. Like Maxime Bernier has done all this talk about multiculturalism, diversity, anti-UN, which is all great. But he, he's, he's doing the smart thing that a pragmatist would do, which is speaking, trying to figure out which voting block is most likely to vote for him, right? And that is the populace, the people that are most concerned about borders and immigration. Yeah. And and so speaking to these people um, is is his main goal, right? Uh, it's not libertarians, obviously, because they're getting shoved out of the party and they're leaving. Um, but now he's painted himself into a corner because you know he's it's going he's going to have a difficult time talking about why free trade is great. It's going to have a difficult time talking about why automation and cheap labor are great, right? These are all things he knows, but he can't talk about this because, because these people see globalists around every corner, right? And so he has to yeah. be very, very careful about, um, and, and so you continually paint yourself into the corner. You can't talk about ending cannabis supply management because that might piss off a portion of this group that is there to support you. And so he, he, he's kind of painted himself into a corner now that he can't get out of um, because he's worried about losing votes. And, you know, th there's this passage in the Bible that keeps coming back to me. I think it's in Revolution, Revelations. Um, it, it talks about this, the, this church in Laodicea that it was lukewarm, right? It, it was lukewarm. And so God spit it out of, its, out of his mouth. 
Um, yeah. and, and I think that's what's happening to the People's Party right now. They're they're not they're lukewarm on pragmatism. They're lukewarm on principle, and so they're being spit out of uh, out of the mouth. And I think it's a shame. I think Maxime Bernier could have been Canada's next Ron Paul. He could have made a bold move and stood on liberty and and just wore the label libertarian and owned it. You know, and as Reagan said, you know, the the the, the DNA of the root of conservatism is libertarianism. Uh, he could have owned that, right? Um, mm. and, and, and really been a juggernaut for liberty. And instead, he's just kind of this, you know, we wanted Ron Paul and we got Bill Weld, I guess you could mm. say. And so what's your prediction for how, um, you know, his party does in the next election and how he does? Well, assuming I, there's no plane crash. Yeah, assuming there's no plane crash. Well, I think that they'll probably get I think Maxime will probably win his seat, but it's yeah. going to be close. I think, the, you know, it, it's it's fairly close right now. I think they're within five points of each other. Uh, Bernier is leading uh, in the polls by about 5% over the conservative guy. Um, that gap is seems to be narrowing a little bit. And, and I think the conservatives are going to throw a lot of, uh, you know, the leader will probably do it. You know, Sheer will probably do a tour through through his riding and, try to drum up some support and, and quash him. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think there's a chance he could lose his seat. But, you know, I, I think in most other ridings, they're going to put up libertarian numbers, probably two to five percent. Uh, you know, we saw that in the by-elections, you know, other than um, their star candidate in, in Vancouver, who's a, a well-known kind of celebrity, TV celebrity down there. I can't remember her name. Uh, she, she got, I think, 10 or 12 percent of the vote. Yeah. But they also brought in some prominent people in other by-elections. I remember there was this lawyer. He raised a lot of money. He was well-known in the community. And he ran and got, I think, uh, 2 or 3% of the vote, right, which are libertarian numbers. And, you know, again, very, this is going to happen. You know, I, I had in my, in my election, in the general election, I had support from all the conservatives in that riding. I mean, these, so even social conservatives, they were going door to door for me. They loved what I had to say. They hated their conservative, uh, candidate who they saw as a red Tory, like a terrible, terrible person and a terrible <laughs> betrayer of the conservative cause. But one by one at the last minute, they all called me, said, sorry, Tim. I mean, th these are nice people, right? They're social conservatives. They're calling me and, and saying, listen, we love you. And you know, it, We'd love to vote for principle and we'd love to vote for you, but we just can't this election. We can't risk Trudeau winning, right? And and so they lined up yeah. and voted for my my opponent in the Conservative Party. And that, that's gonna happen to the People's Party. Um, yeah. you know, conservative voters are just going to be too scared of that Trudeau wins. They're gonna want to oust him and they're gonna vote and you're gonna see this in riding uh, after riding. And so at the end of the day, you'll have been milk toast on libertarian issues you won't have promoted liberty the way it deserves to be promoted and you'll have you know promoted outright statism in some cases i mean that policy you know he's got a policy for example that we ought to be supporting nato in the middle east and sending more troops into uh, iraq and afghanistan and and you know and syria and, and different things that's just crazy that's crazy yeah. from a libertarian perspective uh but you know so he so so He's not even going to have a libertarian. He's not even going to be promoting liberty, and he's just they're promoting going to be pulling, max. Yeah, and and they're and, going to be pulling libertarian numbers, and so it, it's really disappointing. 
uh, and I, it's naive on their part. And yeah, it's just, it's just a shame. It could have been so much more. Uh, and I could have been focusing entirely on my private life right now, <laughs> but now, damn it, someone's got to carry the torch of Liberty. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to do my duty and I'm going to do the best I can. And I hope that, uh, I can, I can convince enough people to join me, uh, in that front that, that we'll see a new libertarian leader, a, a new star, maybe emerge that can keep that, that I can pass the baton onto. And if not, guess what? You know what? My kids are important to me and their future and is important to me. And so someone has to stand on that stage and, and try to shift the cultural needle, uh, towards more Liberty. And, um, you know, we just can't squander Western civilization. We have no right to our, our forefathers did so much to build, build civilization. And, and we can't, uh, we can't squander that. We have no right to squander that. And, and so we need people that are willing to sacrifice in the here and now willing to sacrifice their time, willing to sacrifice their money, willing to sacrifice their energy and trade it for a better tomorrow. And I, as far as I can tell, we're the only party and the only people that are doing that. Yeah, well, I agree. And I, and it's interesting to hear your perspective on, on Bernier and that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the election as well. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. Vote Tim Moen. He doesn't want it, but it'll do a good job anyways. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Look, just even just vote for yourself, like run as yeah. a candidate for the Libertarian Party of Canada, you know, um, put put someone on the ballot that you can vote for, even if only that, that person is yourself. It's it's actually never been easier to, to run. Um, you, you, you don't even need to pay a thousand dollar deposit anymore. Uh, you just have to get, I think, a hundred names, a hundred signatures. You Easy stand outside of Walmart for an afternoon. You can do that and file some paperwork, get your name on the ballot. You don't yeah. even have to run like an active campaign where you're raising money and, and making deals with the devil and all those kinds of things and going door to door. Uh, just get your name on the ballot. That, that'll be help, help the Liberty movement hugely. And, and it, it's a good character building exercise as well. So I highly encourage people to get involved that, that way. 